the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I don't know if it gets better if there is salt on the road or no salt. I didn't grow up in the snow. I'm from right here in sunny San Diego. And although we can drive to the snow and people from the East Coast think that's funny, I didn't survive those winter months like some people had to survive. I am sorry, all the people that relocated. Please forgive me that I cannot relate to your pain of having to shovel the snow. And some of you are already going back to your childhood or maybe even your adulthood because the way my aunt taught me, she lives in Chicago. Hey, you hire somebody when you get my age. Well, she's 80 now. I said, I get it. I can't imagine you out there with a shovel. And she said, oh, no, I actually have a snow machine and it takes care of everything. I said, oh, that sounds really fancy. But I still couldn't relate. As a caregiver, though, I did relate to the idea of the purpose of the salt. I said, aha, I get that. I can relate to that. Well, although I don't know the ins and outs of it, right here on Carrying the Burden, what I do know is this. When there are burdens, I care. And they're not always mine. So what does that mean? Well, I'm a Christian. And what does that mean? Most people won't declare Christianity. Have you noticed that these days? Most people go to church, but they won't say I'm a Christian. So the identifiers, oh, what church do you go to? Uh, Well, what if the people post-COVID don't have a church anymore? That's what I've been trying to figure out. What are they supposed to say? (laughs) And I thought about it because a lot of people did not return to the little church house after COVID. So when you identify yourself as a Christian, do you say, oh, I'm a Christian? Probably not. Think about it. Be honest with yourself. If someone says, oh, what church do you go to? Oh, that was easy to rattle off. Oh, I go to Mount on the Hill, you know, over there. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I go to over by the beach on the rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that church. Well, when you're a Christian, where's the church that you go to? That's the question. Hmm. So like I said, post-COVID, a lot of people did not return to the house of the Lord the way we knew it traditionally Prior to COVID, some people are still pondering what I'm saying because it's not a, it's not about making you feel bad. It's about the revelation I had. One of the issues in life right now is that people use identifiers more than they use truth. So it's kind of like when we had the big convention here where all these people were dressed up in costumes. Those costumes served as identifiers. But does that mean the person in the costume really represented the costume? So what does that mean? If I dress up as Wonder Woman, does that mean I am Wonder Woman? Well, in my mind, I have on the costume, so of course I am. Well, when you're a caregiver, you don't get to dress up in a costume. You don't get to have an identifier where people can look and say, oh, she's a caregiver. 
or he's a caregiver. I told you men get overlooked, but there are a lot of husbands, sons, brothers that are caregivers. Yes, men are caregivers, too, although they get overlooked often. So what makes a caregiver look like a caregiver? Wait a minute. Let's take one up. Uh, Let's try this. What does a Christian look like? Ooh. So I had to compare the two. And on Carrying the Burden, this is a Christian-based show like I tried to explain to someone. I said, my show has bias. We were talking about being caregivers. I said, my bias is towards the Lord. And she looked at me like, what does that mean? I knew it was foreign to her. The concept for me, like I told her, is that I care because the Lord cares, number one. Number two, if he didn't care as much as he did, I don't know if I could care, meaning I might just be apathetic and not care and go on with my life. People do that every day. Every day people don't care. Yes. Do you care today? Think about what you care about. Okay, so you woke up and you brushed your teeth, did you? I don't know. But if you did, you might have taken a moment to say, I care about my teeth. But did you say it? Did you really say, I care about my teeth? And that's why I'm going to brush them. You usually don't have this long discussion with yourself about caring about your teeth until it's time to go to the dentist. Um, Excuse me, doctor. Would you take a look at this? Uh, The root canal. Remember the one you did 19 years ago? (laughs) Some of you have not been to the dentist in 19 years. Look, don't get upset with me. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. I know great dentists in the county of San Diego. Now, if you're somewhere outside of San Diego, hey, what, the Internet? We, we got a friend near you. In the meantime, though, when you look in the mirror, you don't say, oh, let me get the dental floss so I can care about my front tooth. No, you just do it because you know it's good to do. One, there are benefits. I just said good to do. Benny means good, right? So the benefits are what? The good benefits are yours when you floss. That's what they say. Science has proven it. We've seen the commercials, the tartar buildup. Isn't it amazing what we really see when we pay attention? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, that tartar, yeah, that's what it is. Don't ignore it. Do something about it. It's, It's not too late. Floss, even baking soda periodically is what I was taught. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can fight tartar. What does that have to do with caregiving, Lorraine? I thought this was the caregiver show. I'm looking for some encouragement here on taking care of my dad. Okay, all right. Here's the encouragement. The encouragement is when you are taking care of yourself, it is so much easier to take care of others. So how do you take care of yourself? Self-care. Nope, not this show. Remember, I don't condemn self-care. I'm just not pro self-care. If that sounds like some kind of contradiction to you, email me. (laughs) I had a guy on the East Coast email me with a very long email and it was interesting, but connect at LorraineCarroll.com. If you need more on that, go to our website, K-Praise, K-P-R-Z. A lady said, so how do you spell that? K and then a praise. I was like, well, for radio purposes, it's always four letters here on the West Coast. K is our letter first. It's the West Coast thing, kprz.com. And she said, oh, then what do I do? I was like, go look for Lorraine Carroll. It'll pop up. Don't worry about the rest. I'm a local podcast. That's all you need to know. Just Lorraine Carroll. That's good enough. She said, oh, okay. So it's about caregivers, right? I said, don't even worry about that part. Just put in Lorraine Carroll. When you do get to the podcast, though, I told her, look for one that works for you. All pa- the, well, the way I see it. 
all podcasts are not created equal because sometimes podcasts are more about the person speaking than the person listening. But who's the judge of that? Well, remember, I told you, I'm my own identifier. So if I put on my Wonder Woman suit and my Wonder Woman, maybe in my mind, that's how the people do it at the convention that comes here once a year. I told you, they just left. And let me tell you, there are a lot of people dressed like Wonder Woman. That's another story. My story is I'm a caregiver whether I put on a costume for it or not, whether you see me as one or not, whether you recognize that I'm a caregiver. So how do people recognize when you're a caregiver? Ready for this? <laughs> they don't. And they don't care. <laughs> so why are you laughing, Lorraine? Because I think it's hilarious that most people have to have some type of association, maybe even recognition, before they can acknowledge their association. Hmm. So you have to have recognition first? A lot of people do. Yeah, well, I'm a farmer. I mean, how does that sound now? Maybe 100 years ago. That would have been really cool to say. Now we have, well, let's do it this way. If people say I'm a farmer, people immediately look at them with curiosity, with intrigue, they're even questioning, hey, are you doing okay? Is everything okay on your farm? <laughs> Why? Because we're in a different way of life. Now, that's relative, so I'm in America. But what about farmers in other countries around the world? Would that question mean something different to them? Probably. Why? Because every farm is different around the world. Some farms are being more affected by climate change. Wait, is this one of those political talks? No. Actually, as Christians... We're the salt of the earth. And I thought about salt in the earth. Does it come from the earth? Now I had to go back to second grade and analyze, you know, elements and basic science. And I was thinking about my Auntie Joyce. Again, it's summertime and it's hot out there in the Midwest. East Coast, they're having hailstorms. Hail, they said, as big as rocks, hitting people's cars, creating dents and smashing windows. I cannot relate to that. Because that's not the life I'm in. That's not my environment. That's not my condition. Here in sunny San Diego, how privileged, how blessed. But when I watch the others, I look at the people suffering. Yes, because that's suffering for them. They didn't expect their car to have a dent when they came outside. Now they've got to call the insurance company. You know how it goes and the rest of it. But it wasn't me. But I'm the salt of the earth. So I had to think about what good is salt in a climate for farmers or people out there in America on the East Coast dealing with this weather that's super hot and yet having hailstorms. And then I thought about globally. They've been talking about it at least as far as I can recall. I remember learning how to recycle in preschool. And uh, I'm a little older than that, but not that old. So I had to think about how we did not have recycle bins that were blue or green for this type of waste and that type of disposal. No, actually, there was just a trash can, usually silver, and then the rest of it, well, you figure it out if you wanted to recycle, if it was important to you. But what does that have to do with salt? Well, salt is a natural substance from the earth, and it's all about how you see it, how you identify it, what you're doing with it. Remember, I told you earlier, people are like, what church do you attend? As though that is what is more important than your soul. Uh-oh, 
Am I starting something controversial? I hope so. Because this is a discussion. We, the church people, we need to have it. Because I told you, a lot of people did not return to their church. The one they grew up in, the identifier name on the building. Oh, I attend such and such. And that gave people a sense of prestige in some cases. Maybe belonging, association. They had an identity. Through what? The name on the building. So what about the label on you, Christian? What's the name of your church? I told you I'm a Christian. So let's call that the name of my church. I'm a Christian. (laughs) Where's that located? Right here? Are you looking at me? Yes. That's me. I'm a Christian. And that's the church I attend. If I live, if I wake up, if I get to see today, if I'm attending to me in my right mind, well, praise the Lord, I am the church. Now, if you don't believe that, there's a whole Bible about it. But I know First Corinthians, there's a great chapter in there, chapter 3, where you can hear more about it. Because that letter is pretty heavy. And those people were kind of confused. Even though they had an identifier at one point, they had been established, they knew who they were, but they forgot about their salt. What salt? I, wait, what are you talking about? See, this is a problem. Most people don't really know what the Bible says. They went to church, though. They know John three sixteen, but after that, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't, man, I haven't looked. Oh man, I haven't had a chance to study. Uh, well, I, yeah, I used to go to Bible study, and I look in the Bible, you know, when I can because I'm so busy. And okay, are you finished? Because those in my mind are excuses for whom the people that. What? I'm not judging you, but the people that have identifiers of church is not important to me. But I'm a Christian. Okay, fine. You don't go to a building. The church is in my heart. Okay, prove it. See, you're not trying to prove it to me. You're trying to prove it to the people that don't have any salt. So what? Let's go back. Before there was a church at Corinth, I don't recall a lot of words Referring to the word church. Someone challenged me this week about the difference between temple in the Old Testament and church in the New Testament. And I said, interesting. Let's have that discussion. So I started with the sayings of Jesus because the sayings of Jesus are pretty much what establish us, we'll call us Christians, as identified church Not members, but church people. How about that? Are you a church person? So what does that mean? Because I told you, a lot of people did not return to the edifice. So now what? Are they still church people? It depends on what? How they see the Lord. Is he the savior of their life, their world? Do they identify him as Lord Christ By way of the Trinity. See, these are identifiers. Those have nothing to do with the edifice. And what about that salt thing? Well, the Lord gave us some identifiers. You know, I tell you, it's a political thing out there in the world. And this is globally. This is not just in America. I know a lot of people now, their jobs require by law, they say, because it's the bylaws of that company. She, you have to put she or her or how you identify because it's to avoid what? Uh Uh-oh, it gets a little heavy right here. Well, politics, if you want to be technical. But remember, Jesus was always about politics. 
I always tell people, if you read the Bible, remember, he was the one dealing with the thousands of people at the Sermon on the Mount. And some people say that's the first church, some people. Well, I say that was the first mega church sermon. That's what I say. I mean, think about it. I'm still trying to figure out how did the people in the back hear Jesus talking from a mountain? (laughs) That's when your faith comes in, miracles, and a Holy Ghost imagination. How about that? Everything in the Bible you can't answer for, you can't have the answer for, but you can have faith. That doesn't require much. So you don't always have to have every answer, even though the Bible does say you should have an answer for every man. Wait a minute, Lorraine, you're contradicting yourself. No, study that and you'll understand what I mean. Half of the issue with the church is we have lost our identity. No, 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 not the church. The church people. How do you identify? Again, Jesus gave you a list of identifiers. You can start in Matthew 5. That's where I like to remind myself. I'm salt. Wow, I'm light. Ooh. And I go down the list of the things that Jesus said, you are. You are. You are. Some people believed him. Some people didn't. The people that believed him, they ended up following those beliefs even after he was crucified. Those people became the church. You can read about it. It's in the Bible. Start with the book of Acts and go from there. Why? Because all those leftover people, after he died and then he rose, ascended into heaven, okay. The people that were left on the earth, they kept it going. Kept what going? All the teachings, all the things he preached about, all the things he said. Who's he, Jesus? Right. He said, I am the light of the world. He had his identifiers, too. So I feel like this. If you're a Christian, you should at least know your identifiers. Start from there, church, Christian people. Because if you're a Christian and you don't have a church building, okay, I told you I'm not here to judge you. But you should at least know that you are the church, even if you don't attend the building. And if you don't know that, then who are you now? You said you're a Christian, but you don't have any proof. Okay, so... What do you say to people then? Um, Because remember, you don't attend the church anymore and you can't quote your favorite scripture of John 3.16 for every occasion. Now, the Bible does cover everything. Don't get me wrong. One scripture has enough power for that. But not when you can't identify it. You can say, for God so loved the world um, that he gave his only begotten son. And, um, you know, I learned it. Wait a minute. Wait, there's more. Well, that's the part that's most important to me. Okay. Well, there's more. And you've got to read it in John 3, 16. And if you've forgotten it, go back. Memorize it. Why? Because the word is something you have to put away for any day, not just a rainy day, but in your heart. That's where you can go to church. (laughs) In your heart, yes. Because that's what people tell me. Oh, the Lord is in my heart. The church is in my heart. Good. So if I come to your church, the church of your heart, what's going to be there for me? Uh Uh-oh, did you catch that? Do you have anything to offer me? Do you have anything to feed my soul? Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute. That's right. This is not about your personal identity. But it's about your identifiers in the Lord. Read it for yourself. It's right there in Matthew. Start with Matthew 13. Well, let's go back to chapter 5. Let's do that first. And then read all the way up. Right. Because you're going to be intrigued between chapters 5 and 13. 
the work that Jesus did, the things he said to people, the things people said to Jesus. What are people saying to you? Are they questioning your identity? Whoa, that's another day. That's another hot topic. Well, that's what's happening in society, in the world. I told someone, either you're of the light or you're of the dark. It's one or the other. And they protested. I said, you can do whatever you'd like. But I'm telling you what I know for sure. You have a choice. Choose light, choose dark. I love to equate it to good and evil. It helps people maybe get it a little faster because as a caregiver, I have to make choices on the spot. I call them on demand and make decisions quickly. Do I want to take the good route here or do I want to take the evil route here? Because I have a choice. That's the best part of my Christianity. No one has imposed, forced, or put a gun to my head, to my knowledge, um, for me to choose Christ. See, I was explaining to someone that in other countries, it's forbidden to be a Christian. Sometimes we get so caught up in America as a country, the identifier, that we forget the premise of who we are in the country. The identifier is what? America. America the beautiful. America the great. We could go on down the list. But what about the people identifying America? Uh Uh-oh. Are we Americans representing Christ? Well, some Christians are. But everybody's not a Christian in America. (gasps) Really? Yeah, really. So what are we supposed to do about that? Christians? Well, I told you, starting Matthew 5, let your light so shine so that men, the people around you, yeah, your neighborhood, mm -hmm, family, friends, absolutely, see your good works. Oh, yeah, I'm a good person. I do good things. I bought the old lady chocolate. No, 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 no. Slow down and really take a moment to identify what are your good works? The works are the works of the Lord. So make sure you're not just doing good, but you're doing the good of the Lord. So what's the difference? Because it could be a perpetration. Sure, absolutely. I was explaining to someone that Satan knows the word. So what does that mean? Well, he could possibly trick you into thinking that what you're doing is a good thing on behalf of the Lord, but actually it's on behalf of you. And you're supposed to be the Christian. But is it on behalf of the Lord, the Christ, what you're doing or on behalf of you? And you're using your identifier, Christian, to do that good. (gasps) Did you get the revelation? If you didn't, go to the podcast anytime you want. Carrying the burden. Look up Lorraine Carroll. Rewind. This is the part that's more important to me than anything. Caregivers, you cannot care well. You cannot be a good caregiver. You cannot be strong in and of yourself. You need help. My help, not only does the Bible say this, but I'm telling you from personal experience, my help comes from the Lord. He is the creator of the universe. So when people come to you letting you know what the universe did for them, make sure you, let's say, respond with, the creator of the universe did this for me. And some people will look perplexed. Some people will ask you, what do you mean? Well, isn't that the same thing? And if you're a Christian, you should know the difference. Because the way the world puts it, oh, the universe brought that to you. Actually, it was the creator of the universe that did this for me. Because I'm a Christian. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not able to stand on the rock that the Lord Jesus Christ built for you already, that firm foundation, when things happen... That ground is going to become a little shaky and you might not be as strong as you could have been, which is what? 
in the Lord? Right. Because you have to make the Lord first. You have to seek him first. That's going to be in Matthew 6. I told you, start with chapter 5, read up to chapter 13. And what does that have to do with caregiving? And you were talking about salt earlier, right? If you understand that you're the salt of the earth, when the floods come, because remember, floods usually occur after big snow. Did you see that house up in Alaska? Yeah, all that water just crumbled. What? Yeah, a lot of times so much snow will create floods because nobody anticipated it. But for the houses, this is in the Bible, that were built on solid foundation, yeah, they were able to maintain and sustain. Are you able to do that today? Are you maintaining in your life? Probably not. Oh, wait a minute. Don't judge me. I didn't judge you. I just said probably. That's a possibility. I didn't say it was absolute. Now, you have to judge that. You have to judge yourself because I'm not here to judge you. That's in Matthew 7. But take a moment and look at your own life. Be real with yourself. Say, am I identifying in Christ daily? Am I codependent on the Lord for all of the good that I do? Or do I do it in the name of me? Do I sell Jesus? How do you sell Jesus? The same way you sell candy and the homemade cake you made, right? Uh, Yeah, that's another show too. In the meantime, take some time. Figure out what am I doing with this Christ in me? What am I doing with this salt that I, I have? Because that's what Jesus said I am, the salt of the earth. So what am I supposed to do with this? Well, the first thing you have to do is let somebody know. Let them know what uh, that you're available, that you're a little salty. Not the old school way, but the good way, the Jesus way. So put some salt down on the ground. Get out there. Let your light shine so that men can see your good works, which will do what then? Glorify God and not you. Oh, did you catch that? Let the good works that you do glorify your Father, God, who is in heaven. You've been listening to Carrying the Burden with me, Lorraine Carroll, right here on KPRZ, 1210 AM. Listen anytime on a podcast near you. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say soon. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.